Hello and welcome back to What Could Have Been Podcast. This is episode four. I hope you enjoyed the last three episodes. If you have not listened to them, you can listen to them on Anchor, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on all platforms. Pretty much anywhere you can find it. As always, I'm joined with Macklin. Hi. And Danny. <laughs> what up? Let's go, boys. So my topic that I've been thinking about is we all love food, but... What happens if we only needed 300 calories per day to sustain ourselves? As I'm sure both of you are aware, we need 2,500 calories on average if you're a male, or 2,000 calories if you are a female on average. But what happens if this was completely cut, pretty much nothing, 300 calories? What do you think our eating habits would be? What our society would be like? What would we be eating? What do you boys think? Macklin? Well, yeah. Uh, world hunger would I be saved. I would go down the line of little bits. Little bits. <laughs> you world think? Hunger, yeah, world, world hunger would be, wouldn't be would exist, I don't think. Or if it did, we would be in a very twisted world. We would be terrible, terrible people if it was still a thing, as much as it is now. So, yeah. 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 On a lighter note. Yeah, little bits. Little bits. That's good. I imagine, yeah, fast food restaurants would be more based around small portions, a lot of snacks here and there. So you think, oh, so you think we'd be quite snacky. I was thinking more of the route that you could have a nice big breakfast or a nice big lunch, say a big bowl of cereal or a nice bit of chicken and rice and vegetables. And then you'd be sorted for the rest of the day. That's all you need. One meal, sorted, bish bash. You can get on with your day, do whatever you want. There'd be a really strict way of having a balanced diet, wouldn't there? Because it'd be all amplified. Like if your body still needs the same amount of sustenance, but purely from this amount of calories the the intake of the calories like they'll have to be so efficient of absorbing that food so depending on what you put in your body would affect the like entire system in your body every time would it not yeah that is definitely something that i've been thinking about is you would have to really think about the food you were eating eating because ones if you didn't have enough carrots or didn't have enough veg you'd go blind no more vitamin a we'd all be walking around completely blind like if you were eating Chicken. If you have one big chicken breast, got all your calories from that, where's all your vitamins? Where's all your minerals? You'd have to really think about each meal and each thing you put in your mouth to make sure you're getting the right amount of nutrients and it was balanced. How would alcohol work? Exactly. No more alcohol. Imagine how healthy we would be. We would be. It would. If we were so efficient at digesting things that quick, we would need. There'd be no drinking culture because we would need so little. Shots would be lethal. What? Just a little dab. A little dab on the tongue. Yeah, the, the shots would just be like a dab in the little finger in this little pot. Like a little tab of acid. <laughs> yeah, a little tiny one. Just like, yeah, just like one microgram of uh, alcohol, please. <laughs> so, other than like being nourished from 300 calories a day, you're saying that our food would be super effective and it would just stay, would it stay in our systems for a bit longer or something? Like, I, I don't really understand that. Like, would our digestion change? Our poops would be tiny. Well, you have stuff like intermittent fasting. I'm sure, I know that Danny, you've tried it. Um, um, yeah, we didn't eat yesterday. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the starvation diet, not quite the same, but... <laughs> no, no, intermittent fasting, I ate loads today. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, we're assuming it, that you could just... 300 calories, like some people, some people get by with just having dinner. They'll wake up, they won't have anything, but they'll have a big dinner and that can get them through the day. That's how they do it. I mean, everyone's different. This is kind of just a generic 300 calories so my, that'd like, be way more common that'd be so much more common because like i said you could just have 
you know, a fast food place, I, I imagine there would be healthy ones. There'd be so many. It'd be so easy to be able to give someone three hundred calories that would be so nutritious or so beneficial for them. So it depended on what what you ate throughout the week. I guess I imagine a diet over a week span rather than trying to get all your nutrition, all your nutritional value or like variety in one meal would be out of the window, and it'd be more how you consume over a larger time frame. If you have to consume one meal a day. Rather than looking at your days intake, it'll be like a, a week or a month intake. You think? But like you yeah. still, you still, you still need per day. You still need that three hundred calories. It's not like nowadays we could eat eight thousand calories on a Wednesday and then be fine till Saturday. Oh, is you that st- not how it works? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Well, no Hold on a second. <laughs> what happens if we actually do have four thousand calories? Do we explode? Just like what would actually happen? Well, as in, like in modern day, or if we only needed three hundred. If we only needed three hundred calories, not like not well, right now. I was going to say, um... notoriously, <laughs> Michael Phelps in the modern world almost exploded with those fourteen thousand calories. He was a. Uh, it was. Excuse me, fourteen thousand calories. Yeah. See, uh, he was smoking a lot of weed at the time, or ingesting yeah, a lot he, of weed. <laughs> he he had the munchies real bad. <laughs> the only way it could be physically possible. Jeez. 14,000 calories, but that, that like, if we had a, a, a few thousand calories in this 300 calorie world, that would basically be the same thing. Yeah. Jeez. That I mean, I think it would world. just, yeah, you would probably put on a severe amount of weight. Do you reckon, yeah, well. <laughs> you'd just get this doughy boy, big doughy would, boy. Would, you'd, have, you'd have some big boys, some big, big old fellas. Those ankles would be no more. Do you reckon it'd be easy to lose weight, though? in this world or do you reckon it'd be really hard well it depends on how much weight you put on from eat over mm-hmm. and exactly oh, this is a strange topic hmm. mm-hmm. i was thinking i was thinking more it would be such a healthy world because for us as we love food so much as food is such a big part of our culture now it's a pleasure yeah exactly it's a pleasure we love it we love to make nice food people would be exercising so like, like going back to michael phelps he was eating fourteen thousand calories a day because he was swimming and training like a motherfucker, if people wanted to eat more calories and have more yeah, food, to be fair, they would yeah. be well easy. Is <laughs> <laughs> a normal meal or like a, a say a modern day meal? To be fair, it, it would not be modern to them. They'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so much food!" Exactly. Like, well, imagine just again, there'd be no, there'd be no need for all this meat and all these calories. So potentially, I'm thinking going back to episode one, a big green world, lots of green, less the meat industry. Would. Like you could get well, so that, many of your calories. Industry, every 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 industry that is based around uh, food, so like the agricultural industry as well, not only for feeding the animals for meat, but also producing vegetables or nuts or any sort of produce that grows. It would just be so much more minute. Yeah, because if you look at the amount of like agriculture that is being grown now, so much of it is being used for cattle feed. If we were then consuming that, if we were then consuming that, because all we needed was 300 calories, a bowl of oats in the morning, that's all you needed, or maybe five granola bars throughout the day, just to keep mm. you going. We would definitely be able to like do more throughout the day, wouldn't we? We'd just have more time on our hands, rather than you having to do like... so much more Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> At what rate do we burn calories in this world? Well, I'm assuming a lot less, because if you're not... If you only proportional, proportional to the amount we need to eat, I'm assuming. Exactly. So, like, if in the modern world we need 2,000, just kind of scale it. We're assuming yeah, yeah, this yeah. is pretty much scaled. Yeah, well, it's your question. Uh, 
So I'm just figuring it out. But yeah, no, in that case, yeah, we would be super fit because there'd be, we always, well, I don't know if it's we or me, but I always like thinking about sports. So if we burn calories at such a low rate, if people could overeat by a large like margin, if they only needed to consume 300 a day to be sufficient, they could pack on the pounds would then be, well, sumo wrestlers for, for, for starters, but I was more thinking like pure distance athletics. They could pack on pounds where they could burn fat reserves if they got into like a mental mindset where they could just live or like survive on that whilst they're running and just continually go for ages. You think that you could just stuff down a Mackie D's and just run a marathon? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been my go-to food, if I'm honest. I wouldn't have started there, but that is... Yeah, no, that, that, is, that is a good point. You could, yeah, you could just absolutely just stuff your face and then just run forever. If you if you stuffed your face with like lentils, that would be like the most effective, I think. Like that, you you'd need to stick to superfoods, like a lot of superfood, and then you'd be good. Straight caffeine tablets, mate. Superfood one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. Plus out the wazoo. <laughs> a poor man's breakfast, that is. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon like? Oh uh, yeah, I assume tablets would have to be a lot smaller. Well, yeah, smaller, but like, well, going back to you talking about, you could stuff yourself. If you are only consuming three hundred calories your stomach would not be ready to physically handle that gross amount of volume. Oh, no. If you, well, I, if I you would, suddenly I just... Would... If, you, yeah, if you say you went for your diet of having 50 calories here, 50 calories there, 50 calories there, 50 calories there throughout the day, and then you suddenly wax in a 600-calorie meal, <laughs> imagine what your stomach would be, mate. In my, in, my, in my mind, though, anatomically, we're the same, like humans would still be exactly the same so it is possible to indulge in the amount of food we eat today but it isn't necessary to do so so it's more about the need to eat uh, to only eat a little amount and then anything surplus your body can handle but it just affects your body entirely differently well that's how i was looking at it yeah well think about after all you boys you've been to a few festivals yourselves after three four day festival I've eaten maybe one grenade bar, a pot noodle, well, maybe a chip. Wow. I'm not consuming any large amount of food oh, on Monday and or Tuesday. We, we do it very differently to you, Matt. Um, we, get, we get overfed sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there are if, times if when I'm about you sell food, to... yeah. you, you get food. Yeah. So there are times that you're about to what, Michael? Well, there have been times where I'm like busting out the fuck, like just out the sides. Like it's just out so wazoo, man. <laughs> it's mad. It's crazy. And but somehow I still can keep going. But I wouldn't like to do the festival experience without Honestly, eating much. No, It'd be pretty crazy. No. The amount of times that I've been over a grill or over a fryer or like mid absolute kitchen zone, and someone's like, "Do you want some of this?" And they just shove some in your mouth, or like you look at them like, "Yes," shove some <laughs> in your mouth because you're like, you've just been on in the zone for hours. Obviously, you're a bit drunk because you started drinking about midday, and you've served a lot of people. Yeah, got sweat on it, and Jesus Christ, mate, that is one delicious substance in your mouth. Yeah, if I couldn't have that because I only need three hundred calories. I'd be putting weight on in festival season. Jesus Christ. But festivals would be so different, though, in this new world. Like, with that, with 300 calories. Like, it would be I, more... I think they could go for weeks on end. Yeah. You would never have to stop. You could keep going and keep going and keep going. You could bring... Yeah, you could <laughs> bring two weeks worth of supplies and just never stop. You just bring, like, 15 cereal bars and that's 
that's you know 15 days if they've got the right calorie count. Mate, give or take if you want to do yeah. intermittent fasting that's 30 days bro yeah, i'm really starting to like the idea of this world <laughs> like just non-stop sesh that would be amazing yeah okay yeah. This, yeah, this brings me back to what i was thinking in general about this topic if you only had to eat 300 calories you could be saving so much time because i'm sure you're aware cooking if you're actually eating healthy can take a good proportion of your day even if you're not eating healthy just cooking yeah. in general just cooking it takes time out of your day maybe an hour two hours three hours you can, of your unless day. you bulk prep and stuff like that but mm-hmm. usually yeah you've got a I don't know. It depends how well you want to do it because you can prepare the food. You can like make it more. It can even take like full days if you're doing a big meal for people and you're preparing everything to like the, the finest thing. But on average, yeah, like what a couple of hours. Exactly. So each each day you're gaining these two hours. Imagine how much more things we could do. How many more? Imagine. Uh, although as kids we were not productive at all, but think about you just showed up at the dinner table, bish bash. Somehow this magical fairy of a mother had created dinner for you. And then you, uh, you or go a leave. Oh, or a father, sorry. Shout out to Steve. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, imagine imagine all these things that we could do. We would just go play video games back in the day, but maybe you could go and carry on doing important research. Not climb a tree, yeah. Go outside, read a book. Less burnout would just make us more productive, I suppose. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, it seems in this world that we have quite a steady steam of, a stream of energy. Like, we don't get as affected by physical exertion or mental exertion for that matter. Okay, so would the parameters of starvation slash dehydration work the same in this 300 calorie world? And you've got to, work, you've got to drink 30 litres a day. That's the That's the, <laughs> the counterweight. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, like I said, every, everyone's carrying around the time they spend not eating and cooking. They're filling up water bottles, <laughs> or just like they're all really like quite dense people because they lugging around thirty liters of water per day. I was just imagining just like a perfect saying. world where there's like people get trying to get Nobel prizes, and now it's just now it looks like a scatty rave where everyone's had a bit too much of something. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. Oh my! Oh my god! That, is, that entirely changed my vision of the festival. Yeah. Just weird. <laughs> Everyone's accidentally eating too much salt and consumed ten liters of water, and now they're just puffy ravers. <laughs> right, let's 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 just go back to the original question. <laughs> yeah. So the that tangent off. <laughs> so if it was, I think I think I haven't checked this fact recently, but two days without water and two weeks or a week without food, that's the I, limit. I heard that, that was two. I heard that was three days and three weeks but it's probably around eight. it's i think it must be dependent on the person it's but it's a scale mate yeah it's a yeah scale. so let's just say let's just say a day and a half and a week and a half for food day and a half for water day and a half a uh, week and a half for food would that still be the same for the 300 calorie diet or you would just need 300 per day like without fail oh yeah you look at it well say if it was scaled down if it was scaled down then you would be having to have constantly 300 calories but i guess that that wouldn't work in the day scheme so it would right. have i think to, it'd be more it severe i think it'd be, be more severe if you missed a meal you are sorry danny if, if you're doing it in in terms of scaling like you you need less but it means that you i, I believe that it it's it's scale and be more severe because surely if you need less and need to consume less you only need to drop a smaller fraction before you're re- reaching critical rates in terms of chemical balances within the body if we were applying the current 
metabolic rates and things like that, then obviously that would be the case. Well, we did, yeah, we did with alcohol. Like we, we suggested that if you dipped in alcohol and had some, then it would affect you thusly in a greater extent. So surely, having depleted levels of nutrition does the same thing. But there, yeah, I suppose. And then you've got to just assume that we would be able to that that drop would still take as much time because our body would be able to efficiently use it and maintain and retain the nutrition that it has consumed from these three hundred calories. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It seems like a pretty good world. I think I would go for it. As long as I'm not... As long as it's not... That seems water. reasonable. That yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not 30 litres of water a day, I think I'm, I'm, I'm set. I want to be in that. I want to do that. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'd like to finish with a nice little would you rather. Uh, would you rather have one horrible, tasteless, 300 calorie meal a day where that just sorted you out for the rest of the day? Didn't have to think about it again. Maybe a salty bowl of plain porridge in the morning or would you rather have to have 10 30 calorie beautifully tasty like little meals do i have to prepare them <laughs> yes okay every day we oui. well what so then is it only limited to having the if, if, I, if i have i got to strap in and have 10 meals a day forever or just the 300 calorie meal forever um, it's well, either or, okay, right? Yeah, either or. We, we can say it's forever. If you want it to be forever, that's, a, that's your reality. The world is your what oyster, Danny. Macklin? What are you thinking, Macklin? Uh, okay, I think for... As long as I've never had one of these small meals and I'll never have one of these small meals, I think I would go for the tasteless thing. Just for pure efficiency and <laughs> easiness. So efficiency. Just I wanna I wanna get going. I wanna go raving. I don't care about as anything as else. Know, as long as you know that what you're missing out on isn't better than what you're <laughs> what you currently got. I'll take it. It's a topic it's a topic of conversation I never wanna have. Like if someone starts talking about food, I'm like, nah, I'm out of it. I'm good. So you sulk in the corner. And just, <laughs> yeah, just put exactly. your earphones in and drink lots of water. <laughs> just just lick my salty porridge and then just get plenty <laughs> the of water. People that chose the salty porridge will all be sat in one side of the room and the people that chose like, the exquisite meals will be sat on the other side of the room having a completely different talk. <laughs> Do you reckon there'll be anti-porridge protests? <laughs> We're going on. <laughs> divide a nation. Porridge, porridge eaters can only use one toilet. We always divide. We always divide whoever. Yeah, I was about to we say. <laughs> Factualism has come back. people that were opposed. <laughs> Tribalism over porridge and <laughs> What about you, down. Matt? What would you have? Which uh, which choice would you have? Uh, I probably would go for the ten meals. I can't lie. I think I do love my taste buds a little too much. I do have an appreciation for them, and I I couldn't do that to myself. I couldn't take away the joy of food. You'd be so efficient. And then I just guess I guess I'd be one of those. I think I'd be one of those very rare chefs in the world that. Because I think I think in this that no one would be chefing in this world. Everyone would be pretty simple, and then I could be that single chef that still knows how to cook. Pretty Fair. bold to think you're the only one in the world <laughs> that knows how to cook. It's my world. Um, I can do what I want. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. You can. You know, you're not wrong there. Speaking of worlds, though, I believe it's a uh, Macklin's turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, here is my turn.
All right. So, my one is a is a big departure maybe from Matt's, but it's it's world it's world altering. It's crazy. <laughs> uh what if we never developed written language or communicate like that kind of communication? So if we never wrote anything down. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's we a big never, one. So everything would be word of mouth. Everything would be twisted. It'd basically be big big one world of Chinese whispers. Would That's... there not be a lot of pictures? Like, yes. Could pictures not yeah. work? As in, like, could you not? Could you? Could we still draw maps and stuff? Yeah. So I can't remember the name of them, which I should have done before this. But you know, like when you um, there's like religious pictures that are, like were big around the 14th century or 13th century, and they kind of showed religious stories, and it would kind of look like a comic book today. So you'd have like a sequence. I can't remember what it's called. Does anyone remember? Uh... The base tapestry. Tapestries. The base yeah. tapestry. I think so. Like it's that kind of ballpark. I apologize to anyone that's screaming whilst listening to this. Like it's actually that answer. But um, I would imagine that we would have a lot more of that if we do even get to that stage. I'm very skeptical uh, of like the kind of reality that I make with this question. But there are examples of civilizations that did really well without any kind of written language. If you like, well, fun fact for you guys, the Incan Empire had no form of written communication whatsoever. Did you guys know that? Oh, really? Did yeah. not know that. No. Is that why all their buildings were covered in etchings and carvings and things like that to depict? Um, yeah, I would say so. I think it was more for them. It would be more like pictorial, like Danny's saying. So I, I, I was generous in this kind of question to say that I think iconography would be a big thing. So you know how we have symbol Hold symbols. On, so you think that the hieroglyphs would that count as written language or would that come Hierog- hieroglyphs actually kind of count, but you, we're getting into the right stage. So iconography for Danny uh, and anyone else that doesn't really know, it's like you know, kind of like logos, I suppose, but without any kind of written aid. So you just think, oh, well, that that cross over there is a symbol of the Korean tribe from 500 years ago and that's all kind of known through story so you'd kind of use from what i'd imagine you would kind of use story mixed with a few icons to differentiate what was going on and kind of frame a story around that but you're right matt about chinese whispers i think it would all just be completely manipulated and twisted between years and families and people do you know what the first um what the first believed to be um like evidence of writing is or at least yeah what i've found of like is it writing in the in a sense thirty-five thousand years ago give it a good ballpark guess yes you're very good the the denovian what i what i found was 3200 bc oh yeah i found 3400 bc but oh damn well you win don't you yeah, that was the Mesopotamians with their Sumerian uh, language. They, I think it was like cumotype. Mine's Mesopotamian as well. And it's used, they were using like clay tokens as a record keeping for, um, I don't really know what for, but just like a counting system. So it was more numeracy before it was actually actually any, any alphabet. Yeah. yeah, I remember learning about, yeah, um, reading about that. That was like for trading and stuff. So they had a an actual account of what had been traded what had been given to who who owed people what yeah. i think that was that was the first use of language 
I believe it's touched upon in the book Sapiens, um, if I do recall correctly. Uh, that it touches up on, I believe, what I just mentioned and what Matt just mentioned in the fact that it was uh, first used for trading or like um, counting in the sense of trading goods or for farming goods or just basically agricultural tokens to know who owes people what and stuff like that. Well, the only good thing capitalism has done. Yeah, that that is that is a book I need to read still. That is that is kind of the part, economics and finance, that's the big part of this question that just makes me just mind plode, explode everywhere. Like I just don't, I don't know what exactly we would do, and it kind of makes me think that we wouldn't be able to progress that far. Like, there wouldn't be that, Yeah. there wouldn't be so much progress. It would be a much slower um, and muddled process if we were to not have any kind of written language and keep numbers, but I think... The best thing that we could do <laughs> on a smaller scale would be an abacus. Is that it? Yeah, abacus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The counting tool. I think we would be using actual physical instruments much more. Like maybe we would be more of a culture that would use sculptures to kind of... Uh, it's kind of weird though because the way you associate language, you like in, in my head or from things that I've read, it's like you associate the object with what that word means. So... If we're removing the the word, we're just in our brains. We're just associating meanings with objects. So yeah, like you said, we'd be more of a a visual world. We would we would apply like an implication to like a what would look like a male statue and a female statue when trying to tell the birth of a child, for instance. Or I don't even know when it comes to like it would just it would just be so tricky because written language was there that was a platform to convey more complex ideas. Like you're saying, you associate the word with the sculpture or the picture. There's no way to then con- like have this foundation of what that thing is. So for everybody, it will be so subjective. Every single tribe, every single culture, like you look at early man or modern day languages, many different words for the same thing. Even going down to something as simple as colour, yeah, a lot of African countries have a completely different colour system with different names. Speaking on that colour system, uh, Macklin, I believe you showed me in university, there was a tribe that knew various amounts of green in comparison to people from, I guess, the Western world. Yeah, so I absolutely love this like school of thought around colour science. So it's interesting you bring that up, Matt. I didn't even think of that really in terms of this, but essentially with even the Inuits... They have different, they have about, like, I think over 20, or at least in the high teens, uh, numbers of words that uh, differentiate white. So they have different ways to kind of say that over there by that white thing. And imagine they're in this snowy kind of desert type landscape, and that's how they can see things. But that's because their eyes slash evolution and everything they've had to adapt to kind of see these things and be able to work in this climate. So I suppose without written kind of culture, it would even be hard to kind of understand these differences about ourselves, physiologically speaking. Well, it would just be, it would just be harder to convey thoughts, like actual thoughts, and we wouldn't be able to be on the same page. Like what we have with the internet is a kind of hive mind. And if I want to search something right now about whatever topic, there will be about, a thousand maybe thousands of scholars slash people just interested in it and with other kind of ideas about and thoughts about the topic so yeah it, it i don't think we would be as civil uh, as 
advanced as we are now at all like it would just we would still be in some sort of weird city-state system if we've even made it that far but yeah with color it's interesting when you bring that up there would be cultural differences that would just be amplified and i think we would lose cultures far more easily than what we kind of know now i don't know if we'd lose cultures i just don't think we'd be able to recognize them more i feel like there'd be a lot more structured culture in the sense that you would associate with the people that you are around like you'd be more entwined with the people that you live with and like you can understand them more than you can the people from further afield in my opinion because usually the way you build a culture would be the people that are around you and then past that by the internet it'd be by a massive sort of connection that you can have with the people immediately so to be able to understand that instant access is what we are like talking about at the moment so rather than having that it'd be more personal in the fact that you'd be more entwined with the tribes that you're you're with so do you think these tribes would be more assimilated with each other it would be more of a spectrum of tribes is that what you're sort of saying you're saying that the around the tribes you wouldn't have this whole big division of we are who we are but because of the subjective subjective nature of interpreting all these physical things without that definite written language and therefore spoken language uh you wouldn't be able to differentiate differentiate yourself so well but exactly so i feel like the world would be smaller for the people in general so as in in our eyes because we have instant access to a lot of knowledge we can visualize the world on a vast scale yet it seems so small because we can if you want to try and find out about things you can do so be it true or not or influenced by different places where you live or regardless of that when you're in that sort of bubble you only interact with the surrounding people that you interact with because there is that there isn't a ability to communicate like there's a certain barrier in my mind at least that you can't break other than what you know as habitual within the tribe i think i think you're right like it would be a smaller kind of community that you would no and that would just be your whole world but what's interesting about not having written language and having this kind of easy access is that we would have to kind of remember a lot more than we currently do like have much more on hold so i guess you kind of have this weird flip of an effect where i have to remember much more about my family history my friend's family history and all of this other thing going on in my tribe than I would currently now. Exactly. Like if you remember the meme you remembered like ten years ago, that wouldn't be necessary. But like if you remembered a certain plant or a certain tree that you came across ten years ago, when you walk past it again, you'd be like, "Oh, damn, that's that tree." Mm-hmm. And like it, it'd be in in a sense a lot more the the knowledge that you acquire or the knowledge that you store into memory and your entire world, like I said, would be smaller. So it would be more. You wouldn't be less intellectual, but you your intellect or concentration will be focused on the the world around you and the social construct that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what i was about to say i think that you would have your information be optimized your brain power and the knowledge that you possess would be optimized to its specific habitat like how a animal will be like a snow leopard is perfectly adapted to blend into its environment in a snowy tundra forest your brain would be holding the exact information that it needs to survive and thrive in that certain environment you would know like you bring up the thing about plants 
like early man, you'd slowly be learning. That's a bad plant. That's a good plant. If I eat that, I'm dead. If I do that, it will spite me. Like you will have all this very specific knowledge about your immediate surrounding area. And I think you just wouldn't, yeah, it just, you just wouldn't be able to evolve past that because you wouldn't be able to build upon that because it's so crucial for your survival, the bare necessities of not dying. You can't then just go and ponder existence. It's kind of cool because quite a lot of theories behind the initial, not the initial reason for communication, but the initial function or what people used it for was gossiping, was talking about what other members of your tribe or your immediate social circle were doing with other people within your social circle. So they believed that Neanderthals and other um, homo species did was communicate with one another about who was having sex with who, who stole food from who, who tried to kill who, or blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So if you remove that concept entirely, would we still have the unity that tribes do at the moment? Because could you have that level of trust or that level of emotional communication with another being if you remove the vocal communication? I think that kind of brings back into... I don't think there would be such a sense of individuality. You kind of would be this sort of hive mind where you couldn't differentiate between who was who. Like we've we've spoken about this before, Danny, the tribes in the Amazon and in certain areas of the world where there isn't the belonging of your child. Your child is not just yours. The oh, child the tribe is child. the tribe child, although you may have given birth to it. You know, conceived it. It is more. Of that, a that partly the thing is the thing is that also partly comes from the fact that they don't know who conceived it. Like this is what I mean. Like I think it would be more of a who cares? Like uh, who, who was ever kid this is? Bloody bloody blah. Like okay, so you believe that you would just rather than having communication, you'd have like physical communication with one another, so that you do trust the people that you're more within a tribe in in that sense. The ones that share your resources, the ones that share your offspring. So yeah, ones that technically in a ecological sense improve your fitness yeah well yeah exactly i mean moving on slightly from that though i've been thinking how about the other forms other ways that you can communicate your ideas and yourself like i've found that the first musical instrument was created around thirty-five thousand years ago oh yeah like although people didn't have that written language that came around what 3000 bc we still had that People were still expressing their thoughts and their ideas through music, through art. I mean, art is being found like 10,000 years ago, 15,000 years ago in the Pyrenees and things like that. So I think... Are you talking about things like the handprints that they found or like general carvings within caves? Carvings, all of that, musical instruments. See, it depends on whether you class it as art, which obviously in today's way it is, but realistically that may have been a way of communication that's what quite a lot of people believe um anthropologists believe that the reason people left like marks here or uh, images of certain species was uh, either to represent that this was their own cave or whether or not um, whether there were that species local to the area exactly so i think we could still thrive somewhat off the idea of having that communication sort of going again on a bit of a tangent have you learned about the whistling, like whistling languages? 
They've used a lot in. They've used in Turkey. Uh, well, they didn't really come up in school, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> well, I don't know. You read a lot of books. You stumble across a lot of knowledge. Uh, I got told off for whistling in class. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Whistling, wolf whistling the teacher. Nah, not quite that. <laughs> Great example. Thank you very much. There you go. But in the the most studied whistling language is in the uh, uh, Canary Islands. It's called uh, Silbo Gomera, right? And they still can communicate because they're in such far distances, like, say, over a valley. They use it in the Pyrenees, over a valley. They're still communicating ideas through different whistles and things like that. Would you say we could use that? Could you? Would that be too close to written language, or would that be a Whistle, Whistling would be just audio language, right? Like, it's, it's auditory, so it's what you hear. So I, I think when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that we would just be a culture or at least we would have loads of microcultures that would just be singing all the time, speaking all the time and making some great artwork or at least what we would conceive as artwork. It's interesting you guys kind of say maybe it's used for a different purpose, but of course it's like communication. That's what that's what it is. If we didn't have the actual structure of an alphabet, I think that would be the best kind of substitute. So, yeah, I think whistling would be a way that we would adapt. And, you know, as... Do you reckon there'd be different people? So the people who whistled and people who hummed, and that would be like a different language. And then there could be people like really advanced in sign language. Yeah. So like, there'd be every single country had a, a different sign language. But, how would, the sign, but how would the sign language work? It wouldn't have a basis for... The no, but it would because be like you, you, it would signs. be, it would just be, well, yeah, well, not necessarily gang signs, but like you'd create a certain symbol to mean like there's a certain animal around, or say there's a certain symbol because I want to buy these six apples here. So you'd just be like bang, 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 and throw some shapes with your fingers, or maybe even <laughs> body, and then all of a sudden the person from your tribe's like, oh my god, six apples here, right? Safe, do you want to get them? I, like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it depends on how you. If you can't have verbal language, it'd either be like whistling humming or like i don't know odd throat singing or i would like yeah i'd like to see a battle between the uh clap tribe and the whistle tribe that could be quite interesting i really <laughs> want to see the tribe where rather than actually making any sound they just like bend fingers and just have like different orchestrations of finger bending yeah you've got like the hands bent up and just like <laughs> depending on what they they tweak a bit like binary code sort of it's just like you just change certain units and then that means a different thing depending on the context how would they how would that village look though the village would have to have just comp- like they'd have to be on stilts like that's in like the roof <laughs> there couldn't be any walls because you couldn't talk to anyone you know, everyone <laughs> would always have to be looking at each other you can have imagine an argument between them it'd just be like vicious finger twitching <laughs> and the people people looking from afar be like gasping me like <gasps> <laughs> and then they just come back at you with more finger bending so how I've... dare you, but like just twitching your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the whole tribe would look like meerkats. Just, the heads would be flying left, right and centre, just constant. We would be looking for eye contact constantly, I suppose, if, that, if you limited yourself even more, if you weren't using speech so much. But yeah, I think hand signs would go, like that would be a big thing to substitute, yeah. like that kind of language. The same way when somebody loses uh, one of their senses, it amplifies their other senses or another sense in some manner. If we then, if we decided in our evolution to not focus on speech, we probably would focus a lot more on like dancing or twitching or I don't know. So consuming no these all this water, these ravers would be so good at dancing. They'd be so good. I think I think we would actually just be making a kind of tribe that would be sick at glee, you know, like just singing, dancing, like 
quartets, trios, all that kind of stuff. That's what people would be doing with their lives. The, the triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sing about my family history. 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 Yeah. And then history. just some finger benders in the back, just making some like great contributions. It's more of a visual display than it is anything else. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's that, that would be it. But we did actually have one other thing. Like we thought maybe this culture would maybe techno like progress technologically faster than us in some other like ways. So remember we were talking about holograms. We talked about that um when we just briefly discussed these before the show. Well, last week. But yeah, I think do you think that could happen, guys? Do you think I would? Be I, well, I I did initially. I did initially because looking at it, looking at it on a like from the outside before discussing it in depth. Well, in depth, yeah. As we have, I don't know how they would be able to share the information necessary to build the the the, the, the holograms themselves. Because you like right now, if if someone releases a paper in Russia, someone in China can view it straight away. Someone in the US can view it straight away. Someone in Bangladesh can view it straight away. Whereas now. How are we going to do that? Because you can't just unless you uploaded a video and like it'd be a long video of you just doing like hand signals. <laughs> uh, it's it's just there's no way people are going to be able to take in information in this sort of format and just well, as could, easily. You could use the iconography. You could just have the biggest fattest manual that is just a picture book. <laughs> that oh, manual wow. to build a space rocket would just be a picture book. Look, look at your user interface now. Look uh, on any device. Look at your user interface. It's got icons. But it is also written language pasted all over it. Like, if you didn't have that, how are you going to be able to communicate that to the, the degree in which it is so efficient now on devices? Like I'm looking at my laptop, and it's literally got all of the branding all over it in written language. The keyboard in itself is literally, the only import is mass written language. Like what? You're not going to be able to just have a camera and like dance to your computer. I have got a point. Go I have like... got a point about this, but Matt, do you want to go first? Well, I think I mean say? not to be boring, but I do think this wouldn't be able. It would not be able to work. It would be a very, mm. very complicated world. But then we are in a world now where we're getting sent lots of things from China, and to kind of break the language barrier, if you open any instructions to a new TV or a new technological like device. Obviously, when you set it up, there's going to be a lot of text, but whenever you look at the instructions, there's barely any text on it except for numbers. Pictures, Have you guys yeah. noticed that? It's like all an, pictures. An IKEA, oh, yeah. No, I, I never read that stuff. Yeah. I literally never read that stuff. Like, it's obviously. Uh, I, of I, course, I you don't read, read that stuff because it's all pictures. That's what I'm saying. Because the picture's right there, man. I can figure that out. <laughs> I, I know what the pictures piece piece look like. So that screw puts into that piece of wood, and that piece of wood supports the piece of wood that I put the screw in, and that makes a shelf. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah. It, but like, unless it's from China, <laughs> we have the capacity to kind of draw realistic representations and instructions. But yeah, I, I'm skeptical about the hologram idea. Just to go back to that, like, I don't think it would work. But it's an interesting thought experiment, I suppose. But an yeah. IKEA manual to build a hologram machine. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of cool to just have like the IKEA manual with a load of pictures and then next to it just like a load of hand signals that just represented like a universal hand uh, sign language they're like a chinese finger trap oh my god imagine right. imagine okay. you had to build your phone each time you bought a new one that would be insane you just have to open your instruction book and that would be that but just 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 the icing on the cake of this universe <laughs> friend, is that what it is that is the icing also, yeah there's no the... language and if you get a phone you've got to build it yeah Thanks, yeah <laughs> cherry well, all, the, mate, all our years of lego have prepared us for this 
Yeah. Well, um, I've broken the world with lack of written communication, but I think Danny's going to break the world further with his topic. Do you want to take it away, Danny? So I'll probably break the world a little bit more. All right. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a weird one. It came to me in a dream. No, I was watching the YouTube video. So tidal ranges, they average between, apparently, there's a scale, which is microtidal, mesotidal, and macrotidal. Microtidal is lower than two meters. Mesotidal is between two and four, and macrotidal is higher than four. So... What I've found is one of the highest tides is like roughly 15 meters. I think it's in Canada. I think the UK gets to around that sometimes as well. Yeah, so rather than that be the thing, how about tidal ranges range between sea level and 100 meters? So how's that going to affect coastal towns? Not even coastal towns, coastal countries. How's that going to affect people translocating across places? How's it going to work, guys? Because realistically, that's a, a large change in how things are today. There you go. Macklin's currently drowning. That's what the podcast would sound like. That's all it would be. Gargles. We would communicate in gargles. We would be amphibious. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah, would need written language. We'd just gargle at each other. <laughs> no, that, that was me just dying, but I'm back now. Oh, no, Thank I God thought God you made a very thing. eloquent point there. That was, really, yeah. that was, that was, that was a quick 100-meter um, swim, to be honest. Well, yeah. how this would work, uh, I kind of was looking into kind of flat pack houses and things like that, and I didn't realise you were going to go so extreme with the 100 metres, because that is pretty yeah. much the entire world. That is uh, just mountains. Quite, it's, and... it's quite a lot. It's not just mountains, there's a few countries, like the UK, Br- uh, Birmingham, it's still big, be, um, big be mean, afloat. We are we're, um, we're we're a sturdy group. We uh, survive through much like cockroaches. The thing is, you'd be massively overpopulated. There'll be cities would be ridiculous because there'd just be so much population within those cities, in my opinion. So I was thinking, uh, do you know Halong Bay in Vietnam? It's quite a famous village. It's on it's on the water. It's on stilts, a bit like maybe even Venice. I was thinking maybe the the regions next to the coast could be permanently on a stilt-based platform or something like that to like float. deal with to deal with the incoming tide that gets to them. So you could basically have a city on platforms on maybe flatter area like Norfolk, although it's very low, could be on massive stilts. Would you not think would you not think it'd be easier to have like a, a structure system, i.e. stilts, but rather than having the the structure set to a certain level on the stilt have it on floating devices that change with the tide so as the tide raised like 50 meters one day it would just like stay in the same location because each corner or each structural point that's attached to this fixed structure uh, stays in put and then as it rises and falls but how would the how what would you do with the waste and the water supply if it is on a on a moving object, obviously we have all the pipes and all the sewage systems. How would you make that into a flexible manner where it can transform and adapt to the changing tides? Uh, do you mind if I chime in on this one, Danny boy? 
Uh, I'm going to come in with a non-scientific uh, explanation. Sensors, Matthew. Sensors. Um, <laughs> the bottom of a building is going to have a sensor, and basically it's going to elevate. Uh, Danny, do you want to take it away? <laughs> uh, yeah, so when the sensors recognize that there's been some sort of elevation, the pipes will extend, <laughs> and it'll be mass electronic systems where there's 100 meters of pipes like recoiled into about five meters of pipe so when the tides change they could extract up to the same necessary level so what you're telling <laughs> me is that the city will go up and down up and down and the infrastructure in between will be sound um yeah mm, yeah well i was more thinking if i wasn't really thinking sewage systems i was more thinking about how people would have to relocate uh, if, 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 maybe not, you could, you know, you mentioned earlier, Matt, not whilst recording, but you mentioned glass houses, there could be a lot built into that, but what I was thinking, like I just mentioned earlier, floating houses, so there could be a lot of that, or the just very seasonal um, vacations, or like holidays, because when the tide's low, you can go, but when the tide's high, it's a no. Yeah, <laughs> ooh, wow, Stryker uh, called me that, thank you, Danny. No, I was thinking one parameter that I thought was quite important. What is the scale of when these tides are coming in and out? Is this a daily occurrence or is this a... Okay. You said okay. seasonal just then. Is this like every so, six months? A little a little knowledge on how tides work. It's not just the moon that affects tides. It's also the sun. Uh, just because the sun cycle is a lot more... Uh, sorry, the moon cycle is a lot more frequent. You notice the moon cycle a lot more. Um, so there's when there's like a really high tide, that's because the sun and the moon's tidal um influences or like gravitational pull align so it's a um, it's when it's a new moon and the other one so it's like when it's a full moon and then it's like a completely new moon so like compl a full like all all moon and then no moon at all and that's because they obviously work when the moon is on the like the furthest side or like technically in line with the sun so like it's sun earth moon and then it's sun moon earth that's when the t that's when the gravitational pull sort of like helps each other so I guess if you want to do it in moon cycles the way the current tides work when it was when they weren't helping each other so when the moon the earth and the sun were at a right angle so like the sun hits the earth and it goes directly up or directly down to the moon they wouldn't be helping each other so they would be at like 50 meters 40 meters and then when the sun was in line with the moon or on the other side of the earth so they were helping each other it would be at like 100 meters right okay so it's kind of like a was it like 26 days of the uh, lunar cycle? Uh, uh, it's roughly a month, but I imagine 26 days is probably more accurate. I'm not sure. Right, okay. So you don't really have much time to adapt to the rising tides. So when it comes... Um, to, well, another question, uh, another question. When it is the 100 metres tidal range, that is a vast amount of water to be moving through somewhere. Yeah, this is what is I thought it about. pretty much... So talking about the stilts... Going back to that potential idea, if this 100 meter tidal wave is coming in, that is basically world ending tsunami. That is a Noah's Ark situation. The thing is, I wouldn't, uh, it's not a tsunami though, because it's not like waves that are gigantic are coming in. It's a gradual process. Obviously, you notice the tide coming in if you sit and watch the sea. And it, obviously, if you're on a beach and the tide's about to rise 50 meters, you're going to notice it coming in. But I feel like it would be more 
of a understood thing like you you don't go out past six because you need to be on some sort of levitating platform so this 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 kind of tidal range this has always been the case on this planet earth yeah 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 this has been this is this has been forever so i imagine there'll be a lot of mountain cities me i imagine a lot of people will be more inclined to live on higher altitudes because then they just get rid of the fact that there's a massive tidal range and they treat it more as like a holiday or like a a place to visit when they can rather than a place to live yeah it, it might sound like a bit of a daft question but you've got a kind of resource that's been helping you danny haven't you like that shows the kind of tidal range in action across the globe mm. right have you got uh, i have some sort of things i've got an elevation map open currently okay so are there any kind of low valleys that are protected by very mountainous terrain mm. Possibly. So then you could have like a little city in the middle, and it's always just protected from the sea. Uh, well, so that there the will be, but I'm not sure of the coastal. And like, I, I, I think that everything coastal isn't going to be protected because, as far as the, as far as I can see on the map, you've got the Rocky Mountains, I believe, on yeah. the west of in Colorado. In Colorado, yeah, yeah. But you've got basically on the west of America and South America, you've got a a mountain range. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the Himalayas with the continents moving together, but then quite a lot of South, or not not strictly South America, the country, but the the South of uh, not America, South Africa, the continent is quite high. So, you, other than that, Europe's pretty low, and then not really anywhere that I can see is there anywhere that's protected. Right. Okay. Would that be your Would that be your protected city, Macklin? Your Your utopia. I just think it would be the most sensible option, right? I mean, it's it, but then again, I'm only saying that because I know the normal of just cities that can normally be from a low point to a high point. So, I don't know. That would be my safe. That would be my initial guess, but I'm not sure. Have you guys seen? Have you guys heard of that YouTube channel called Real Life Law? Have you heard? Uh, of I've heard of it. Listened to a few videos. Um... Yeah. Can't say that I've delved deep into. Yeah, I just I I watched the video recently on the channel. Why planes don't fly over Tibet was the actual video title. But it's because it's a mountain there. It's just yeah, incredibly (laughs) mountainous. So that's my second go-to. It seemed crazy the whole stats from that video. So I'm going to live in Tibet. What about you guys? Uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, Tibet, the mountain. They're so healthy as well, like the, um, what they call the Sherpas. The Sherpas that take people up Mount Everest are just so, so adapted to that low oxygen environment. They're just insane. They're like basically like superheroes. They're these superhumans that are super healthy. Yeah. And I definitely think it would be a way to go. But I would also maybe, assuming that we have the same technology we do now, would there be vast floating, floating, like flying cities? Would there be... A bit akin to if you've ever ever read the book series Mortal Engines, they recently released a film on it. They have like they have vehicleized cities, like these massive cities that move around on wheels. Akin to that, you could have these massive hot air balloon Zeppelin esque cities that go around in the air to just they never have to maybe they land occasionally at Macklinville in the middle of Tibet, but for the most part, they'd be staying above the land, above yeah. the sea. I've not heard of Mortal Engines. It sounds like something I would actually enjoy, like for sure. Like, I, I want to check that out. But it reminds me a lot of Bioshock. You guys know oh, the game definitely series. Bioshock. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Great game series. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've yet to play one and two fully, 
but I I know the cities. So I think there would be more of those types of cities. You have the underground, no, sorry, you have the coastal underground cities, like I think they call it Ravage, or what's it called? I do not know. Riptide, like Rapture? Ra- Rapture? Rapture, that's Rapture. it. That's it. So you'd have Rapture cities like that, and then you'd also have like Atlantis, and then you'd also have the Bioshock 3 one, which is up in the sky, like you're kind of describing. Infinite, yeah, Bioshock Infinite, yeah. That's um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liberty, or oh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's a really cool thought. Would we be technologically advanced to have aerial and subnautical cities? I mean, yeah, like what I was I saying before we recorded, the, the tempered glass industry would be <laughs> insane. Like you have these, you have these restaurants that are under the sea, that would now become the new normal. So we'd be living in these bubbles of underground, underwater. Sorry, feeding on that, there'd be a lot of um, necessity to pressurize things like this. So there'd be a lot of, uh, not only the tempered glass, but there'd also be a lot of, um, yeah, air pressure or general pressurized companies that make sure people can survive in these things that are underwater all these times. Do you think? Do you think if we took this kind of idea of Danny's into current time, so 2020 in Danny's world, would we be at the point of those cities or do you think it would take a few more thousand years before we're curious enough to start making these aerial Oh, I think it would be a cities? lot a lot less advanced because we say I've just had the thought mining would be a difficulty. A lot you could you could be on you could be on ships. So the ship could stay we could get beached and then as the tide come up then it could travel around and you could have massive cities uh, on on water. Okay. So, but then because they would be stationary for so much of the time, the again, the idea of the unwritten language, you wouldn't be able to trade, trade ideas, trade thoughts, have all this progression. So I definitely think we'd be quite a few years behind. The thing is, it'd be really difficult as well because like, like I said earlier, this has always been the case. So not only have we had to develop on... A higher landscape if we were going from the point of immediate evolution like we would have had to develop actually on mountains because there'd be no way to be able to survive like a mass flooding all the time so like the entire ecological environment wouldn't be on the mountains like it would be a very minute obviously there's oceanic ecology that would be vast and ever-changing because there'd be a hell of a lot different like like shoreline ecology or like rock face ecology that'll be thrive whilst the shorelines are high but being bipedal and not being able to breathe underwater we would have to remain above the water for our time of evolution so being able to thrive at a point of ecological standing so that we can develop this big old brain and put rock and stick together and make weapon and all that stuff it's like it's quite far-fetched at that rate yeah, talking, yeah, not being able to develop that, but thinking about the d- massive, uh, yeah, tide range, like how you have mud skippers that are kind of that, in real life, are that kind of in between, they can flap around and things like that while the sea's the down. The missing link. Would we, would Homo liquidus have <laughs> a relation, Homo mud, mud skippius, <laughs> would they be related species? Wow. That's my question. Would there be related Homo this, sapiens this species? Semi, yeah, this semi-aquatic primate. You're going deeper than people. You're going further back than people's evolution. That's ungodlike. Um, 
no, obviously there'd be an entirely different <laughs> evolutionary path that would be You can't deeper is... than No. <laughs> no. Realistically, that would be just absolutely obscene. So obviously there's gonna be some sort of middle ground where we evolve onto the mountaintops and then when the tides come back in we can be semi aquatic and go back in and lay our eggs and then after a certain point where we don't need the water ever again, we can just stay on land and dominate. <laughs> Wow. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow, Chelsea. That's such an elegant way of putting things. <laughs> Do you know she's got a first in biology? I, I, I think Homo liquidus. Can you say it again for me, Matt? It was too, homo it was too good when you said it. That's it. on the wrong chapter, my friend. They actually laid shelled eggs. So, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm with Homo liquidus on this one. I think it should be a thing. But Danny's saying it's no. Homo montonus. Danny is saying no. <laughs> No. You are wrong. This is not in my world. <laughs> Computer um, says no. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. But that would be a fun thought. That would be a On fun the thought. plus side, surfing would be fucking sick. There'd be a... a it'd be a very weird scuba diving because you could probably, like... Oh, imagine if you... If you, you, you were scared of getting the bends and you had to rise at the rate in mean, which the tide was rising. So rather than that, if you would have come up 10 minutes earlier, you could have gone like 10 metres. But now you've got to go 100 metres just because you don't want to die. <laughs> you got to keep swimming and swimming and swimming. you got to keep going upwards, baby. Hopefully you got enough air, man. Hopefully you can breathe. I don't know, but this just sounds like a very watery world with Kevin Costner. Do we... <laughs> do, do, do we know the deepest that man has currently gone in terms of just... Free diving, himself. Oh, free diving, free diving. Yeah, what's what's that statistic? I know that we've been down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench in a free diving, yeah, vehicle. But yeah, I don't know to be honest. We have been down two hundred and forty meters. Wow. Okay, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna wager. I'm gonna come back to Homo liquidus. Hope you guys don't mind. I don't think no Homo mudscipius. You guys measure a hundred meters as you did when you were like a kid, and like your hundred meters that you run in on sports day, uh-huh. you like just double that. Yeah, but like, my question is, would we because of our evolution? I think our evolution would have to be different in this whole scenario. So, would we actually develop lungs that would be better for diving, for fishing, well, for whatever we kind of needed oh, mate, in this that new is a world? Big question. That is a big question to ask so late in the game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely do think, I think maybe we'd possibly have guilt, possibly have <laughs> massive lungs. So we'd basically just be like this big triangle where our lungs yeah, were wait. so big. Um, they could yeah. also maybe perhaps act as a buoyancy aid. You never know. Yeah, mate, honestly, that was, that was such a... That you, could, you should have brought that up at the start, mate. We could have talked about how whales go so deep. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I d- it just kind of came to my mind now. But um, we like the tangents. We love the tangents. Let's be honest. What could have been? <laughs> what could have been? Okay. <laughs> I think it could possibly have been a thing, but it's fun to think of our own uh, kind of physiolog- physiologic physiological attributes in that kind of world. It'd be a bit crazy. So, yeah. I think, well, is are we finished with this topic or do you guys want to explore that tangent? Hold on a minute. I will ask one more question. Okay, yeah. How would you view a mountainous region, like a city in the mountains? How would you view it? 
with my eyes. What What would you think that would what look? Do you mean? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you've got such such quality banter, Matthew. Um, how would you? How do you envision the architecture on a mountain in city to look? I'd be very well. I like how they do in South America and China and Japan with the tiered farming systems. I think it would be a tiered city. So there would be tiers of levels and everyone would have their steps. Maybe that could be the way that societal hierarchy... Tiers of levels? No way. (laughs) (laughs) Tiers of buildings. (laughs) Top quality bumper, Danny. (laughs) Tiers of uh, buildings. So we would have tiered... We'd have different tiers of agriculture and how we kind of go up from there. Okay, I like that idea a lot. I was thinking maybe we would use like natural caves and stuff to our advantage. I've seen that um, in like Spain and Italy. They kind of use what they have of a mountain range and or a hill, and then they just kind of put their buildings in there. I, I think that's kind of how it would look. There would be a lot of oh, IRL. IRL. You you believe that? Have you physically seen caves in in Spain and wherever else you said Italy? Italy, yeah, growing growing agriculture. You are growing agriculture. Uh, or you said that you said there was caves that you've you've seen. Where have you seen these caves? Where have I seen these caves in in Italy? <laughs> no, but as in like, have you physically seen them? Or like, have you where have you seen them online? Or have you seen them? I've in seen them. Or like, I've seen them. Give in me like, more information. On, uh, it was a documentary about a walking trail in um in the north Spain in North Spain. I can't remember what the walking trail is called, but. It's it's standard stuff. I just think there would be a lot of kind of buildings within mountains themselves, wherever there's kind of natural openings, or maybe these people that live around there would like expend a lot of energy to kind of go into the mountains themselves. But just a thought, just a thought. So we'd be cave dwellers, yeah. All right, all right. Sort yeah, but like build like they would build on top of the cave itself. I suppose. I love to dwell in a cave, to be honest. But let's dwell on that point, and we're gonna have to combine all three ideas. Ding, ding, ding! Let's go. The uh, favorite part of the show. (laughs) So, what do we have? We have a mute civilization that live in caves and eat porridge. Now, to be fair, they they kind of go in like honestly, Matt. Your 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 topic. Absolutely save us. It will save everyone, for sure. Yeah, I mean, in this world where we can't eat, um, yeah, where we have such finite resources, where we're living in the mountains, <laughs> um, or living in marshes around the coast, where we ha- we can only eat gorse and small snails. There's three and we can't the communicate with the fucking people next to us. Like. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't organise a hunt. Yeah, so there's 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 vast tidal changes. Absolute tribes in despair, and oh yeah, we only need to eat a little bit, so we can get around that factor. But how the hell are we going to have like mass migration of people up mountains, down <laughs> mountains, and to figure out what the hell we are? Everyone's forearms would be so strong. All the fucking finger movements, the constant like all the climbing. They 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 are constant. They, they they've got they've got strong legs from declining down the mountains when the tide goes over. <laughs> And when the tide goes up, man, it is a rush. It's like Takeshi's Castle trying to get with that mountain, mate. <laughs> yeah, but I reckon maybe music, maybe clapping. The clapping would work quite well. Music would be a good way to signal run. 
Oh my god, that means that. Oh, it's Time to run. But then you could run. Foot and go, mate. Foot and get out of here, pal. There's a foot and walk coming. Oh, no. Sorry, mate. I'm not chatting to you because I don't know how to foot and speak. I'll just foot and do this and then send some foot and hand signals your way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining like different mountaintops having different kind of singers and then they would just sing to each other if they got marooned or something. But I don't know. It could be, it could be the case. I'm, I'm, liking, I'm liking the idea that maybe when they go down the mountain, they will split off into their own clap tribe the whistle tribe the finger tribe the whatever tribe and then they all have to rush back up the mountain they're like what is going on How are absolute we we... musical unison mate <laughs> so they're all it. in their music, own tribes music would bring us together these fat liquid filled yeah okay that would be nice that would be nice <laughs> and the way nice. the way ecology works is it's like all the animals would be there as well to be fair i imagine there'd be a fuckload of birds because everything else would die <laughs> uh, if they didn't die we'd obviously kill them because we're fucking human yeah right? but like they'd be we'd literally migrate down and then migrate up then migrate down and migrate up so we'd be excellent climbers there'd be a lot of musical and auditory communication but without speech because we're not allowed to talk about that um without speech and then, yeah, no, we can, we just can be a lot of sounds going on we can still talk raves, no, no, yeah no. no we can still talk you know that was the no, no we, we can't do it right I was thinking though, if we're having to drink 10, 30 litres of water, do you reckon you could become buoyant? <laughs> if you're having to eat 300 calories, mm-hmm. but then having to drink 300, uh, 30 litres, would you be able to become buoyant? Would you be able to make yourself into your own flotation device? Well, I, thought, I thought that was a throwaway comment. I didn't <laughs> no, no, no. that becoming part of the entire mechanism. But all right, it, mm, mm, no, well, it I don't is. Know. But I think it would just be funny Maybe. seeing if, like the whole human race is floating around. Like, the thing is, balls. on that matter, <laughs> like if you say if you say that, and we were like, yeah, our, our entire system is going to stay the same. That is not true. We would have a much smaller stomach, and we would need a massive bladder. Like we would, and we'd need to change, mate. Oh, mate. And then we'd have massive lungs to be able to survive underwater. This human is well, looking mismatched. Would 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 we? Uh, you're obviously going to take the piss, but would we need, would we need massive sex organs? Like, would we need... <laughs> no, no, because you, you're going to... I knew you are going to take the piss, but you're going to need to piss a lot more. You're going to need... How many weeks need since bi- Danny has shagged? You're going to need a bigger <laughs> way. You're going to need a bigger way of fucking excreting waste. I'm not talking about having sex. Today, I'm, talking I'm not talking about not having sex. <laughs> Macklin, what, what was what was the... Um, Marker, how long it took him to bring up sex into the podcast uh, was how long recently. It was, it was surprisingly long, actually. So well, the yeah, mark, last... yeah, that's what fucking she said. Now can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> we made it to an hour and eleven minutes. Well done, guys. Especially wow. you, Danny. You're covering sex wow. addict. Anyway, <laughs> mate, that's, a, that, that, that's a long time, mate. That's a long time. But okay, no, so on, would we need? Can we actually big... discuss the fact? No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're actually we're gonna need bigger dicks and bigger vaginas. Not even that. Why? We're gonna need because we're gonna need to excrete so much more liquid waste. <laughs> I'm just imagining people like going there. So let's just go with Matt's idea of flotation devices. I fucking knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> like men will have their balls just like lifting up to the water's edge. Like that's that's what's gonna. Happen. But the balls, the balls don't have to be big. That's not the physiological problem. 
Just the, the shaft itself has to be massive, like a fire hose. No, well, there needs to be a bigger bladder, obviously, but I imagine the fucking, if you've got if you've got 30 litres or like 15 litres of fucking fluid coming out, you're going to need a big piece to be able to fucking aim that properly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can't just all of a sudden, like, with your fucking size piece, you've got all of a sudden, like, poof, and a massive amount of it. It's going to be like a fucking I was thinking more the water would make you look like a Michelin man. You kind of just have, and you just <laughs> become a doughy, doughy fat boy. Or you could just have, like, 15-minute pisses. <laughs> so, right, although you're saving time on cooking, you're basically having to piss for two yeah, hours well, a day. You've got, yeah, well, you, you've only got to eat 3,000 calories, but you've got to excrete your liquid waste for a, a, a substantial amount of time. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> this is the end of this show. <laughs> if anyone's um, reached this long... Please, uh, what should they put? What what should they put on the Instagram? Um, they should put a eggplant. <laughs> yeah, put put an eggplant. Put an eggplant <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep saying these with two watermelons, <laughs> and then put at the green giant, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watermelon, yeah, okay. eggplant, watermelon at the at the green giant. That's it. Beautiful. Right, brilliant. Alright, well, you know what, Macklin, thank you very much. Care to say anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. That's episode chapter four. Uh, right, brilliant, perfect. thank you very much. <laughs> yep, absolutely perfect. Thank you very much, Macklin. Matthew? Uh, catch it, bin it, kill it, don't let coronavirus spread. That's it. Alright, and from Danny, just, yeah. Please have sex with me. Please have sex with me. Uh, I promise uh, I can move my penis to be bigger. <laughs> uh, right, uh, bye. Sorry, yeah. Goodbye, lovely uh, people. Thank yeah. you for listening. Nah, shut the fuck up. What could have been in a bit? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been? Oh, 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 oh,